1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio and their Nothing Manette channel that's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. That's where you can find pre- and post-game Shows off every Dolphin game, every Canes game, but more importantly, every heat game will be there for before floor at six thirty prior to the heat playing against Orlando on Monday night. Also five reasons, That's where you get no paywall content on all South Florida teams. We don't treat you like the newspapers do. We allow you to actually see the stuff. So go to five reasons, get the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and more also check out the great sponsors, of the five reasons sports network, we keep telling you where you got to get your CBD. It's Therapist Preferred. Go to TherapistPreferred.com. Use the code FIVE RSN. That's a new code at Therapist Preferred. Five RSN. You get 25% off your order. Will be delivered right to your door. You get free shipping too. Um, and look, this is the best stuff. It uh, just came out two years ago, 2019. Founded by a physical therapist. They make sure that you get the recovery that you need. For me it helps me with sleep you can get the gummies you can get the tincture they've got different flavors of the gummies they've also got the sports cream for recovery so go to therapistpreferred.com that's therapistpreferred.com use the code 5 rsn that's the number 5 rsn get your 25 percent off get your free shipping and now get your latest episode of five on the floor
2: Down to Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Well, here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing rubber frogs. Just like brother said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got it all bang, Y'all seen the block? stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. it's fire have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. First thing you're going to do is listen to our episode from last night. If you missed it, we went late on Saturday after the Heat lost to the Pacers, so make sure to check that out. Tonight, I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Brady Hawk and I will be at Magic and Heat on Monday night. See if the Heat can get to two and one. And these are the kinds of games that they need to get because uh, we know the schedule is going to stiffen considerably after this, and Indiana was one of those that we kind of had marked off as a win. But tonight we're going to talk about Tyler Hero, and there's so many different ways we can go with this than kind of the pre-show meeting, which we don't usually have, <laughs> but we wanted to make sure that uh, we were doing the historical research on this stuff, and there are about six different episodes we can do on Tyler. But, but here's the liftoff point. As we came into tonight, looking at the NBA stat site, Tyler Hero right now is ninth in the league in scoring. Now, what what happened on Sunday night after this episode uh, is posted, we can't account for. But right right now, going into Sunday, here are the guys that are above him, okay? This is the list. Paul George, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, John Morant, CJ McCollum, Harrison Barnes, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. I am counting one, two, three, four MVPs, Durant, Curry, LeBron and Jokic, a guy in Paul George who's probably headed to the Hall of Fame, John Morant, who may have that trajectory as well, CJ McCollum is probably been the most underrated player in the league the past six years, and Harrison Barnes who's turned himself into a pretty good player on a team that doesn't have a whole lot else in Sacramento, so he's going to score. Those are the players that are ahead of Tyler Hero through two games of the season. And by the way, their ages 31, 33, 33, 22, that's Morant, 30 from a column, 29, 36, 26, and then Tyler Hero at 21. He's shooting 48% from the field, 35% from three. He's also averaging eight rebounds. And I know people are making a big deal and no assists in game two, but he did have five in game one. So he's averaged two and a half assists. This is the kind of company. Now this is small sample size theater to the extreme, but look at the other names. (laughs) Look at the other names. I mean, Harrison Barnes is the only one you might not expect to see up there. Right. That's what Tyler hero has done through the first two games of the season. And look, I made the comment that I thought he could lead the heat in scoring this year. More people are sort of jumping on that bandwagon. What we're going to talk about tonight is a, has that ever happened? <laughs> and B, is that a good thing for a team that's trying to contend for a title? Cause that's kind of the one part of this. Now that this may actually be the possibility of a reality that we really haven't discussed. So, Alex, Greg, we, I'll let either of you guys jump in. We were looking through previous six men, guys like Jamal Crawford, guys like Lou Williams, et cetera, to try to find somebody who might have led. His, look, Vinny Johnson had great years for great Detroit teams. He never led them in scoring, okay? Kevin McHale came off the bench for Boston for a period of time. He didn't lead them in scoring. Bird did. Um, can you find any – is there anyone, Alex, who, who would have done this oh. over the course of a regular season?
2: So from the quick, you know, pre-show meeting that you alluded to and quick looking up that all three of us were doing uh, or trying to do, I should say, uh, Jamal Crawford, I think, is the closest one. I think he averaged about 18.6 points a game in uh, the 13-14 season for the Clippers. And Blake Griffin averaged more than him that season, just like he did throughout all those seasons because that's what it was. Uh, but he, it was it was pretty close. I uh, He had another season on the Warriors that you confirmed, uh 0809 that Steven Jackson averaged one more point than him or he was at 19 point something and so that's basically the closest I could find I think Lou Will was at uh, around 18 points a game in one of those Atlanta years and I'm pretty sure Joe Johnson always averaged more than him and and by pretty sure I mean 99% sure so I just think what's happening right now if, if that were to, were to hold like would be pretty incredible I don't know if it will hold because what Tyler's doing right now and the volume he he took uh, in this last game probably jacked it up a little bit more than it will be. But it's definitely something that they were going to have to uh, monitoring all season because it's from what I can tell, it's never been done before.
0: Yeah, it's never been done before, particularly on a good team like when we were looking through and and kind of. Uh, looking f- back through all these seasons of, of players where you had top scores that were bench options. We looked at six men in the year. These were some of the criteria that helped were signposts for us, right? Like that, that Warriors team, you mentioned that Jamal Crawford was on, they won 29 games. Like that's usually the type of team where if you have a bench player that is getting up enough volume to lead the team in scoring, you're going to not be a great team. Ethan, like that's, I guess, where, where, where we, we start to f- like th- that's the contention point, right? It's like, is that, is it, is it viable to consider yourself a championship contender? If never, ever, ever is there precedent for a player like that being your leading score? And what, you know, what, what's the next steps, you know, surrounding that?
1: Well, you're right. I mean, and I'm big on historical precedent. I I'm, you know, that's one of the great things about covering this league is that there is a precedent for pretty much everything. And even within a franchise, we do it all the time here on five on the floor. We compare this team to previous heat teams. We compare players they brought into previous situations. T- things, tend to in the, change, uh, things tend to repeat themselves and the, even though trends change, certain things tend to repeat themselves. And when you can't find a precedent for anything, it does make you think, okay, what, what's going on here. Um, but at the same time, The reason I made my prediction was because this team is so weird um, in the sense that there are very few teams around the NBA and in recent years where their two best players are really reluctant scorers and and in some ways limited scorers. Now, I don't think Bam's going to be a limited scorer, you know, uh, you know, for the course of his career, but there are certain parts of his game that he hasn't really unlocked to this point. And Jimmy, and, and I think we just have to say it, it, has always over the course of his NBA career been sort of a scorer by default um, and sort of by last resort. I mean, it's not something, it's not something he puts a premium on as much as others. He's done this thing in Miami where he kind of works his way into the game and scores late a lot of times on free throws. And look, I, I know we did an episode about the mid range and that it was actually a lot better last year than maybe the eye test told us, but he's not a knockdown shooter. We know that. And so he's not a natural scorer. Like he's just not okay. Now he does a million things well and scoring is one of the things he can do, but you're not going into a game expecting Jimmy to do consistently what he did in those two games against the Lakers, which was to me, you know, more desperation and pure just grit than it was, you know, anything else. So, I mean, even Jimmy has said it, his best skill is his determination. So I I guess, and and I'll I'll throw this up to either of you. I mean, that's kind of why I thought that this was possible this year, because I don't think that they have uh, a real push to start Tyler. I don't think that's the direction that they want to go. They made it clear to me in the offseason when I had conversations inside the organization, they want to give him this role and just let him, him sink his teeth into it. I'm not saying that's forever especially cuz we all think that maybe Duncan Robinson is the piece that gets moved in the future because his contract is a little bit bigger uh and he can and it can be included in a trade easier but I'll throw this out to either of you guys I mean does it i guess would it concern you like I, or or does it matter how good Tyler is like if he's just that good like does historical yeah. precedent matter hell no and I I think that they're
0: There needs to definitely be an acknowledgement one that you've already done and that's that this is a very intensive small sample size theater. Uh, But but secondly. Uh, precedent or not, like Tyler Hero playing better and doing anything that resembles being a top scorer on this team with this group, this cast of characters, with the the aspirations that the organization has, like there's nothing bad about that. So we're never going to paint that in a negative light. It just presents different implications and opportunities and things to think through, right? So it's like, I, I think it's important that no matter what, we don't come at it negatively. Um, so, so the precedent stuff to me, like, doesn't matter that much, but it's going to be predicated on the team success. Like if this team is stumbling around and they're 500 and they're looking like they're aiming towards a in, but Tyler's consistently scoring great off the bench, like that's not going to necessarily marry itself. So well, if Tyler is averaging 25, a game, 24 a game, and he's playing off the bench one, I don't think you're going to want to trade him. Do you upset that, um, but then at some point you have to ask yourself, like, do you start the kid? Like he's playing that well. So that's just, I think it's interesting that those things are all out there, but to your point baseline, if it's going well, if it is not broke, don't try to fix it. Keep him off the bench for now.
1: Does it concern you Alex? I mean, before, because we're going to touch on the bench conversation, but I mean, if, if we were to end up the year and Tyler hero is the guy they're counting on to be their scorer. So he averages 22.3 this season. Does, I mean, does it matter what the efficiency is? Does it matter? Does the bam Jimmy conversation matter? Like what matters to you?
2: That does not concern me. I think to me, and, and I said something similar in the last show, I just to expound on it. I, I think it's a luxury more than anything, because I don't think they're going to rely on him as somebody to create for them over and over and over. I just don't see that becoming the, the, the weapon for them. Like I think it happened last night towards the end when they were just kind of in desperation mode, you know, like you were talking about, but, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Like if Tyler is the leading scorer and even if it comes down to, like you said, around 22, 23, and that's, that's exactly what I was thinking, right? Like that would probably be, I think around where it would be. That's not necessarily going to be that much more than other guys. I just think that's an incredible thing to happen because that means most likely that your offense is going great, that your bench lineups, or at least lineups where you're, you know, other than the starters that you, that you feel good about, that you have a lot of lineups that you can, feel good about. You can feel good about Tyler as a closer. It's to me, it's only luxuries, right? So although there comes with other implications about whether or not you start him, how much he's going to, we haven't even gone into like the costing for whenever they re up on him, but all those implications. Otherwise it's a great thing. And I, I just think it's another weapon for them to have. If Tyler is really at this level and he sustains it at, at a pretty good efficiency, it's an incredible thing. Cause I just think Tyler goes from being like this, you know, quality, Bench player quality six man that I think a lot of people were expecting to, you know, this guy who is clearly playing at starter level, but he's he's already playing at way more than that in the, from what we've seen in preseason and these first couple of games, like he's clearly above that level. He He's overqualified to be a starter. I just think, you know, that role is, is it's fitting him really nicely right now. I, I don't really think it could be anything other than positive.
1: Yeah. And, and okay. So let's flip it now. Cause, and cause I w- I was thinking, okay, could there be a negative in here, but l- let's look at it from a positive standpoint and teams that have actually won big, um, in recent years, how many of those champions have had real quality six men? Like, like let's think, let's think of some of the team. I mean, I guess, I mean, the San Antonio dynasty was in a lot of ways and that was a dynasty. You win five championships, even if you don't do it back to back years, that's, that's a dynasty. They had Patty uh, Mills and I guess. Well, oh, man, man, Manu Ginobili. Oh
2: right? my God. yo, My bad. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So I, you know, <laughs> I think the benches was, were stacked, right? When you look at a role, I mean, there were, there were many games during that period and look, there were times that, that in the same way that with, as with hero that pop would insert Manu into the starting lineup, he did it against the heat in the finals. Um, but there were teams where Manu led them in scoring for stretches of the playoffs. I, I don't know that it ever happened for the entire regular season or an entire postseason, but Manu's numbers were up there. Jamal Crawford, you mentioned was on some very good teams. Lou Williams has been on good teams I, now, not championship type teams, but again, I'm trying to think like, if you go to those golden state teams, Iguadala was their sixth man. A lot of times, not really a scorer, you know, at, at that stage, oh,
2: man. Ethan, I think we just we just hit the breakthrough. Manu led by .2 that season where he averaged 19.5, which was oh seven oh eight.
0: Are you serious? So yeah. that's it.
2: That's the one. But did that's they win the no one. no, but hold on a
1: second. Oh seven oh eight was was
2: the that the year a t- after they won the title. I'm looking at it right now fifty six and twenty. They did not win a title. No, no
1: the Celtics no, won that year over the Lakers. No, locals. I'm
2: saying that was the year after they won the title. They finished okay. fifty six and twenty right. second in the division. That's and, still a good
0: team. Yay, we yeah, found man. precedent.
2: Conference <laughs> Live, finals on air. conference finals.
1: Was that the one where they lost to Derek Fisher? It might have been because the Lakers made the finals. Or maybe that was a couple of years ago. They lost early. in five. Okay. Okay. So that because but they 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 went relatively deep because they always went relatively deep. Um,
2: you're right. That might be the one. I, I think that if you I don't know that, why I didn't think to go through Manu, like I don't know what happened. And that was for
0: the full regular season. Look at, look at us fact checking Alex.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he, Tim Duncan was at 19.3. He was at 19.5 and Tony Parker was right there with him at 18.8. So, but you see, I I think that's the comparison right there. That
1: team is the right. That team is the comparison in the sense of their best players were not as concerned about scoring. Uh, Tim obviously scored because he was just better than everybody else. But he did a million other things. I, I think if and he, it was
2: understood that Manu wasn't their best player, right? He, was, he scored like it was. It was obvious, even though everybody loves Manu. You know, I, I, I think it's kind of a similar thing where like I, I don't think Tyler is going to be at Jimmy or Bam, like at their level, or even Kyle. I just think like him being the best version of himself this season would just be an incredibly great thing to happen for him right away. Well, I I think the other thing is if you were to say to uh, Heat
1: personnel or anybody around the Heat or anybody who follows the Heat. Uh, Bam's going to continue to do a million things like Tim Duncan did on the court. Uh, That's right. This other, is guy is gonna, this, other, this other guy is going to sop up some of the scoring load uh, and, and, and not force him to do it. I think pretty much everybody would accept that. Uh,
2: and then obviously. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: They had a great player in Tony Parker. Miami has Jimmy Butler, very different players. But, uh, and then you have a Kyle Lowry here as well. But, but there have, it's funny, it's funny the Spurs come up here because um, that a later version of that team is what we've kind of we're kind of talking about with ball movement, the 2014 Spurs, the Spurs team that, that rolled yeah. the heat in the finals. There are some similarities of this team to that team as well. Again, we don't want to put this team on a championship pedestal, particularly if they just lost to Indiana on the road. But, but I just, I, I do think that there is some precedent there. And Manu perhaps becomes the best precedent. For Tyler, we've talked about Tyler in so many terms about who he compares to, and McCollum, who's on this list, is one of the guys we've talked about. Uh, others, you know, used to say a JJ Reddick. He's nothing like a JJ Reddick. I mean, other than skin tone, that's it. Uh, but there, there's, there's other guys out there uh, that he may compare to. But actually, Manu is an interesting comparison in the sense that Manu was uh, just ignitable, so to speak. Like you, you could, you could ride Manu Ginobili for a fourth quarter, like you absolutely could. And we saw the heat doing that until the moment of truth where they tried to go back to Jimmy again. And that is where we're gonna go here, I think in the second part of this, which is if Tyler continues this trajectory, at what point do we start to have a discussion that maybe others do need to defer? Even at the cliffhanger cliffhanger, before we get to that, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the five reasons sports network, I'm doing this one today so that we don't confuse anybody with codes, okay? It's the same code as Therapist Preferred now, 5RSN. This is if you want 20% off at manscaped.com. So that's if you want the shavers, if you want all the other stuff they've got, the deodorants, the colognes, it's all there in the boxes. Nice presentation. They give you the chargers and the whole thing. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get all of it. So just check out the website you want to, you know, look, you want to be groomed and all the rest of this. This isn't 1978. Okay. Uh, so manscaped.com use the code five RSN that's the code five RSN. again, you had 20% off your order. That's 20, 20% off your order for anything there. And I am obligated to say this. So I will your balls and your body. will thank you. All right, let's get back to it and let's get back to what happened the other night at the end of the game. Um, Tim Rattles had, had a really interesting tweet, and, and I think this is a tweet that we've all kind of uh, had in there somewhere um, over the past couple of years, or at least I have, because it it, it the eye test is telling you this, but you kind of just don't want – none of us sort of want to acknowledge it because of how great Jimmy has been since he's been here. But Jimmy has not been great down the stretch of games, particularly those last possessions, um, in terms of efficiency. And it's, it's reminded me a lot of – uh, the, the end of the Dwayne Wade era, which was that Dwayne kind of got the ball. And I, I remember, and I, I, you know, I pulled Spolscher aside. I think it was the, before the 2016 playoffs. And there was some some sort of frustration with uh, with Dwayne about some shots he'd taken during the regular season. I actually think I talked to him after a Charlotte game in the regular season, I believe, uh, that they lost. And I remember Eric saying to me, I'll go to my grave with Dwayne Wade taking the I last shot that. of the game. Yeah. Right. And so, and then Eric started repeating that pretty much everywhere. And we know what happened in the postseason that year, which is that Dwayne made those shots against Charlotte uh, and purple shirt guy and everything else that happened there. But really, if you looked at Dwayne at the end of his career, he was not efficient in the last. He was a lot of step back jumpers, broken possessions, turnovers. And to be honest with you, and I know that, you know, I understand it. nobody's really able to look at kind of Kobe's career objectively anymore, uh, but Kobe was an extremely inefficient player in the last minute of games. His clutch numbers over the course of his career were much inferior to LeBron's by the way, which is not the perception. Okay. But it's just the reality and Jimmy's numbers in these situations have not been great. And so this comes up again last night, because basically you can, you can talk about Tyler taking, you know, 30 shots or or 28 shots to get 30 points. Um, But you know, he, he was the best player on the floor. I don't think there was any question, particularly in the second half. He carried them back into it. And I'm going to find this this tweet from Tim here because uh, and there's a lot of Dolphin stuff I got to go through tonight and a lot of Hurricane stuff from last night. So I apologize. Um, but but going through this, I mean, basically, Jimmy's numbers have not been good at the end of the game. And what, what, when I finally get to them, I'll, I'll read them out. But, Greg, I mean, are we – oh, here we go. Jimmy Butler was 0 for 3 in the last two minutes of regulation tonight, 0 for 1 on 3 since joining the Heat, including the playoffs. He's 30 for 101 in the last two minutes of regulation from the field, 5 for 36 in that span on three-point tries. That's what bothers me. N- not the percentage, the volume of three-pointers he's taking at the end of the games. 35% of his shots at the end of games are three-pointers. That is not the case uh, during the course of the game. He does not take 35% of his shots do not come from behind the arc. So I'll go to Greg and then to Alex. I mean, is it time for Jimmy at t- to, to pass the baton a little bit there at the end, if he doesn't have it going?
0: This is difficult. And I'm, it's really jarring that those stats you just uh, read off from Reynolds tweet is uh, including the playoffs, because to me, as, as, as someone who's watched Jimmy in Miami from, from the moment he got here to now, there, there's like this part of me that thinks like in the regular season to me, game over game, depending on who's hot, depending on what the matchups are, depending on, on how guys look throughout, throughout the game, the, the ball could go to many different guys at the end. To me, uh, I know that there's, po- there's portions of letting Jimmy control, maybe some of that in his playmaking and and just that kind of stuff that is important, but I'm open to anyone, but what we saw in that bubble run in the playoffs where they gave him the ball in the half court when the game slowed down and he was able to kind of just impose his will. to me that has bought him some equity with me in terms of them still continuing to think about Jimmy Butler as their closer. So like, this is where I, where it gets difficult for me. Cause like in the second game of the season at Indiana, um, in October, maybe let Tyler do his thing. I mean, Tyler was barely hitting the net when the shots were going in. He obviously was inefficient, but when they went in, they were like, it was, he was, he was just more smooth than Jimmy was. But then in the playoffs, I can understand where Jimmy may still need to be that guy that you kind of go, go through. So it's kind of, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but really that's
1: kind of how it has to be at this point. Where do you want the ball to go? Uh, I mean, and again, Alex, I mean, I, the ball's going to be in Jimmy's hands to start a lot, although I guess it might be in Kyle's hands to start uh, more often at the end of games. But I mean, should Jimmy be the play finisher,
2: I guess, is my question. I guess it's an interesting discussion. I still like what Leif was talking about there, what he did in the finals still holds just a whole lot of precedent uh, precedence, a whole lot of equity with me, as far as like, that was another level. He, he was playing on the level of one of the best players in the league. Not that he isn't right. Whatever you want to, Football about top thirteen, top ten, he was playing going toe to toe with LeBron James in the NBA Finals, missing his second and third best players. So, I just think doing something that insane and and being getting to that level, I, there's no way I'm gonna say, you know, Tyler becomes the guy. But my real answer is, you know, going back to that Spurs comparison, I'm I don't think they were worried about who was taking the shot or who to give the ball to and get out the way. Even though a lot of times it was Manu, right? Manu would get the ball if he was having it and try to make a play. But, like, Timmy and Tony Parker were all a part of that. And I just think, again, not to just – they're not the Spurs, right? That's that's not what I'm trying to do here. I just think this team is not worried about who is going to take that shot. I still think Jimmy is probably the best option. I think they're going to have a lot more options than they have in the past. That's where I feel. That's why I'm not worried about it is because it's clear Bam and Tyler have taken steps – We can quibble again to use that word about the leaps that they've taken or whatever. They're both clearly better than they were before. As far as options and scores, they've gotten better. Lowry is a better option because he's just a better shooter than Dragic and can do it on, you know, off the dribble consistently. And the fact that, you know, he actually is a high level defender in the clutch. So I just think they're going to have better clutch lineups when they're healthy as a result of two of their guys getting so much better and having Lowry there. I'm, I think they're in a better position to to win games in the clutch now than they were before. I don't think, I, it has I to
1: think be they that. are no question about it. I, I just
2: wonder as the season progresses. Um, I don't like just giving it to a guy to get and getting out of the way. I went I went a little bit last night, but like get the ball to Jimmy. And isn't get the
0: ball isn't to the Jimmy guy the guy. The ball. I hate to interrupt. Sorry, but isn't of all the stars in the league, if you could think of one that would actually be okay acclimating himself to this type of transition where he's giving it up.
1: Isn't it Jimmy Greg? That's where I was going with it. So that, that's the question I have. I just don't think think he's
2: declined yet. That's why I'm like, it's still his game. I think that Jimmy
1: is willing to do it for three quarters. (laughs) Like that's the sense I get. Like just like, I feel like Dwayne was willing to do it for three quarters towards the end of his career I do think that this has this team has been handed to Jimmy Butler down the stretch of games and once that is handed to a player even if that player is unselfish as Jimmy has proven to be down here it is hard to kind of untrain those habits okay like And that's what was happening with Dwayne for a couple of years there. The ball would go to Dwayne, even though maybe Goran might've been a better option to actually start the play, but Goran would go stand in the corner and wait for Dwayne. So I understand what you're saying, Alex. I think they have a bunch of different options now. I think there are other places they can go. I think Lowry not being available against Indiana certainly hurt them. But I also think that this is something to monitor, I think, as the year goes on. If, if Hero is going to progress like this, and I don't know that it's sustainable every night, okay. but if he's going to progress like this, then there is going to become a question with Heat fans on who should who should be handling at the end of the game, who should be making the play at the end of the game. And we know that Spolstra, for all of his qualities, and you can say that maybe this is one of his qualities, that he sticks with his guys, okay. Spolstra is a creature of habit at the end of games. He goes to the guy... <laughs> He goes to the guy that he has trusted before. That is typically the way that he plays it. It's not usually clear out for the guy who's hot. Okay. It's you're going back to Dwayne. You're going back to Jimmy. Okay. That's the way that this is going to go. And I'm just, again, I'm curious to see how that plays out. All right. When we come back, there's a lot more we're going to get to on hero in the coming days and weeks. And we want to save a little bit of it before we do though. I do want to get to a little bit on this uh, Orlando game. That's coming up because they, they actually had a win tonight. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, the importance of this game early in the season for the heat before we do want to you about another sponsor of the five reasons sports network. Maybe you run a business, maybe you're friends with a boss who runs a business. You're probably going back to trade shows now, right? Cause you got to get your stuff seen. And we know during COVID about a year and a half, you couldn't do that, but your business may not have the staff to be able to put together the booth. That's really going to attract attention, right? So you got to go to everythingtradeshows.com. That's everything shows.com. They handle everything, the logistics, the booth, the graphics, the furniture, the flooring, even some tips to get you noticed. They'll teach you the difference between renting and buying based right here in Fort Lauderdale, but they can service all 50 states. They're right here off Las Olas. So schedule the free consultation. If you mention five reasons, you'll get a free booth rendering as well to show you exactly how it's going to look. So go to everythingtradeshows.com. That's everythingtradeshows.com. The phone number is 954-791-8882. 954 791 88, 82, say hello to Chris and everybody there and make sure you mention five reasons. All right. Orlando coming in here, guys, this is the softest game on the schedule for the heat here in the first dozen. This is the one that like you look at, you say you have to get it. I know heat fans freak out when they see Orlando because of some recent results against bad Orlando teams, but there's no Aaron Gordon anymore. There's no fournier anymore. There's no Vucevic anymore. There's no excuses (laughs) anymore. And they're coming in on the second night of a back-to-back after a win in New York. Um, I I mean, I guess Greg, I mean, we're assuming a win Monday. If they don't get one, there's going to be panic bells here uh, everywhere, panic alarm everywhere. Uh, But what do you want to see specifically? Just each of you, just give me one thing. What do you, uh, I mean, I don't know if Larry plays or doesn't, but would you give me one thing you want to see that's different from the other night? Why does it have to be Orlando? Damn it.
0: <laughs> and Terrence Ross off the bench. They got two guys with the last name. Uh, is it Wagner? Is that how it's pronounced properly? Yep. Um, this is just it has random scrub heat killer all over it. Cole Anthony in New York. Had 29, 16 rebounds and eight assists. He's a point guard. Gosh, this is just going to be so much fun. Truthfully, one thing I want to see, I want to see Jimmy get back to to being the Jimmy that we uh, know and love. Kyle, if he plays, that'd be great. But for me, I'm watching Jimmy. I didn't like, Ethan, like you, I I felt he was particularly off in Indiana. So I'm looking for a bounce back effort there. And, uh, you know, we'd love to see Tyler continue on with this scoring streak. Alex?
2: So, since Leif went Jimmy there, my other answer is going to be the ball movement. Whether or not Kyle Lowry plays, the way that they were moving that ball around was, was pretty ugly. Like, there were stretches where they held it together better, specifically that third quarter. But uh, it was just very, very sloppy. And, you know, the perimeter talent outs when Lowry sits – it's a big downgrade from last season. I, again, something I mentioned last show, just not having Goran and Nunn helping there uh, to solve some things on offense. Those guys were reliable shooters, but at different things. I just think they they got a they have a smaller margin for error when Lowry's out because of these things. Not not only because of Lowry, but just the other perimeter talent that they don't have in order to to kind of make up for it. Right. So I just think really take care of the ball better. They're going to have to grind out. I mean, not against the Magic, right? But just in general, without Lowry, I think they're going to have to really focus on the grind out type of game because that's what Jimmy Butler does best. And I don't know. I just think really focus on that movement, the screening, and going from defense to offense because it felt like they really weren't go- focusing on that in general against the Pacers. And Jimmy said something like that where he said he he let the the offense dictate the defense uh, mm. from his perspective. And I just think that's usually the opposite.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's Jimmy uh for sure. And and, and here's the reason it's not because I think Jimmy's going to revert to some role player at this point. Okay. I think ultimately he'll be fine, but the reality is we, we didn't really see a lot of Jimmy in the preseason. You know, he he wasn't in there consistently. We didn't get a chance to see him with Kyle. I know nobody really has concerns about it because of their relationship. Uh, but I, I want to see Jimmy adjust here a little bit. I think that this is, going to be a little bit confusing for Jimmy early in the season because he kind of was handed a role here and he ran with it for the first two years. And he was so critical to everything they did, but especially last year where he really carried them. I, I you know, it's, it's different now they're, they're you know, they, they're making a conscious effort to get him off the ball. Kyle's supposed to do that. And I think when Kyle's not in there, it creates a little bit of kind of, I don't know, hesitation now because it's like, do you go back to the role that he was in before? Or do you stay in the role you're in now? Um, and I just want to see Jimmy have a bounce back game here. Um, I, I, I think that Indiana was, was to me, uh, you know, not, not a precursor for what's going to happen over the course of the season, but I think it gives you an idea that again, if, if, if one of their big three is out their other two guys got to play well and you know, they can't, like you said, they're a little thinner and you've talked about this, Greg, they're a little top more top heavy than they've been before. And you can't rely on some of these other guys to carry. And so, I want to see a bounce back from Jimmy. I'd like to see an aggressive game. I'd like to see him get to the line without kind of looking like he's just trying to get to the line. Uh, That would, I think, make people feel better about this. This should be the kind of game too, that you can get yourself done by halfway through the fourth quarter, but we'll see. I'm not, you know. Then you go to Brooklyn next. Yeah. Brooklyn next. And look, they're a mess. So, <laughs> you know, but you want to be in, in the right frame of mind before you get there. All right. Check out our sponsors, therapistpreferred.com and manscape.com. Both for those use the code five RSN and mention five reasons. When you go to everything trade shows.com. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five reasons Sports network.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile